We, uh, I want to jump in, 30-year mark. Uh, I'm not going to take real long this morning. Uh, we flew all the way over here and been meeting with teams and, and just excited to be at your 30-year. But 30-year is, uh, first of all, congratulations. Uh, I know that not all of you have been here for 30 years, but it is something. Uh, the statistics of how many churches are shutting down every week is pretty staggering. And so just to see a church make it 30 years uh, with continued uh, vision and just understanding in many ways that you guys are just at the beginning, as crazy as that sounds, that even 30 years in, uh, the vision that the Lord has given you, you're just beginning to scratch uh, the surface of that. But 30 years is a significant number. Even in Scripture, it's significant. It, it, it does signify a, a season shift. Uh, 30 years was when Jesus stepped into ministry. Uh, that number was because in the Old Testament in Jewish culture, uh, priest, uh, priests would start at 30 years old. And so there is a, scripturally, biblically, 30 is a significant number for a season shift and a time of acceleration into something new. And I, and I very much believe, and I, I'm just going to quickly talk on this this morning, but I, I really am here, and I told Phil, I said, I'd uh, love to come over around the 30 year because I really do feel that the Lord is releasing you into a new season. And, and I, I want to tell you this, it's important. One of the things that I think grieves my heart about churches and individual believers is when you don't recognize the season that you're in. One of the biggest things you need to do as believers and one of the biggest things you need to do as a church is recognize the season you're in. If you don't know the season you're in, you don't know what to give your time to, you don't know what to give your energy to, you don't know what to put your hands to. And many people are frustrated in their walk with God simply because they don't know the season. I, uh, you know, when I, when I go somewhere now, I make sure that I check my weather app so that I am prepared and I know what the weather is when I show up. So I checked the weather app, was depressed when I saw four days of rain at the time I was here. It was sunny right before I came to. But um, I, I check it, but I, I, I come prepared and pack accordingly. I've been places. I remember going to Brazil in June and thought, it's June, right? It's going to be summertime and going down to Brazil and it raining and cold and not being prepared for that. And so I came prepared. Last night we went to the game. The, uh, you call it a derby, but I think it's a derby. <laughs> so can I just clarify that? I went to a derby that was called a derby. And, um, but it's an E, not an A, and that's another issue. Um, Went to the game last night, and I, I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm, like, I'm from California, so I have four layers. I had four layers, jackets on sweaters, on jackets, and doubled up socks, because I'm going to come prepared. And it's amazing to me how many believers are confused in their walk with God because they are, they're, they're wearing a summer jacket. They're, they're wearing a winter jacket in the middle of summer. And they're like, why am I so hot? Because you don't recognize the season that you're in. Or, or, or I, I'm wearing a tank top in the middle of winter. Why am I so cold? Because you don't recognize the season. The reason I share this is even in, even in um, agricultural farming analogies, there are seasons. There are seasons where you plant and there are seasons where you, where you reap and there are seasons where you rest. Nobody is confused when it's winter time and the ground is frozen and hard. Nobody's out there trying to plant seeds in that season. It's not that there's not things happening in that season. It's just not a seed planting season. 
You're, you're, you're inside with your family around the fire, catching up, building relationships. You're fixing, you're fixing tractors so that they can be ready when the, when the planting season starts. It's recognizing seasons. And I'm, we're also not relaxing when it's time to harvest. It's, it's just a season concept. And so here's the season. I believe that God is bringing you into a new season. And this season is going to require pioneers. And, he, and here's my... Here's my, simple, here's my simple word for you today, is this. God is bringing you into a season, and this church needs to gear up for a new season that is coming. But this season is going to require pioneers. It is going to require people who are willing to hack through a jungle, dig a hole, lay a foundation that wasn't there before. I'm going to unpack this. Let me read this scripture for you. Are you ready? Are you with me on this? If you have your Bibles, go to Genesis. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a portion of a longer story. To really do this right, we'd have to read the entire chapter. I don't have time for that. But if you know your biblical uh, timelines, the Old Testament, Abraham, a significant figure. It's Abraham, Isaac, then it's Jacob, whose name becomes Israel, who then has Joseph, who's one of the 12 sons, who becomes the 12 tribes. And then they go into slavery, all right? So, so Abraham, Isaac, uh, Jacob, Joseph, uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and then, no, Abraham, Jacob, Isaac. Yes, you got it. <laughs> I'm going to get my own timeline wrong. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. And, and, and then what happens is 400 years of slavery. But in this time frame, God comes to Abraham and he gives him a promise so God tells him to leave his land, and he says, I'm going to make you, uh, you're, you're going to be a father of nations, kings are going to come from you, you're going to have a son, and through that son, you're going to be blessed. He gives him this word. Then he has that son, Abraham has that son, Isaac, and Genesis chapter 26, which we're going to read, or Genesis, 16, uh, uh, Genesis chapter 26, Genesis chapter 26 is actually the only chapter in scripture that's solely about Isaac. And this chapter, and I, I'm gonna give you all this history. This chapter is where God visits him and again affirms the promise and the covenant he made with his father, Abraham. He again confirms that, but tells it in a fresh way and makes that same covenant with Isaac. And he, but he says he's going to give him, uh, he wants to take him to a place called Beersheba. We're going to read this story. So first part of that is he's reaffirming the covenant he makes with his father. Then, he's, he, then he makes the covenant with him. And there's a famine, so he goes and he dwells in the land of the Philistines. While he's in the land of the Philistines, he starts prospering in a massive way. He's sowing, he's reaping a hundredfold. The Philistines become envious and there's contention that happens and this is where we pick it up. All right, is everybody with me on this? This is a lot going on. Genesis chapter 26. This is like a five-week series that I'm gonna give you in 10 minutes. Genesis chapter 26 is this. Now in verse, let's start in verse 15. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. And they had filled them with earth. earth. And Abimelech said, this is the, the king of the Philistines, said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we, because he had prospered. Then Isaac departed from there, 
You have to read this story understanding that he was settling in the land of the Philistines, but God was trying to get him to his promised land. There was territory that God was trying to give him, and so he stirred up some contention to get him moving so that he could get where God was trying to get him. Verse 17, then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. This was still not the land that God was trying to give him. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father for the Philistines had stopped them up after death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called them. Also Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen saying the water is ours. So he called the name of the well Essek which means contention, uh, uh, arguing, which kind of means arguing because they quarreled with him. Then they dug another well and they quarreled over that one also. So he called its name Sitna, which means fight or opposition. And he moved from there and dug another well and they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth, which means room enough. Boy, this is bad if I'm gonna lose. There we go, Rehoboth. Because he said, for now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. Then he went up there from there to Beersheba. This is where he's trying to get. And the Lord appeared to him in the same night and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there and called in the name of the Lord. He pitched his tent and there Isaac's servants dug a well. It goes on to talk about Beersheba. It goes on to talk about that well. And the fourth well is called promise. Every generation requires pioneers. At the 30-year mark of your church, you have to understand this. Every generation requires pioneers. Every generation requires people that are willing to advance and move forward with the mandate that God has given them to go take territory that he's promised them. Every generation requires this. And I would say this, that not only does every generation require pioneers, but the Christian life is one of pioneering. The Christian life is one of pioneering because the Christian life is not one of settling and maintaining, but it's one of advancing. The kingdom is advancing. The kingdom is increasing. It's, and so if the kingdom is advancing in your own personal life and as a corporate church, then just the nature of the Christian life is one of forward movement and therefore is territory that you are walking in that you have never walked in before. It requires a pioneer spirit. But I'm telling you right now that at the 30-year mark, we look back, we celebrate all that God has done, but this church is about to go into another 30 years and it is going to require a people that embrace the spirit of a pioneer. And pioneers dig wells. This issue of Isaac, Abraham gives, God gives Abraham a promise. He has to revisit Abraham's son though. He has to reaffirm not only the promise that he gave his father, but say this promise is for you as well. But in order to receive this promise, you have to go take territory that I am giving you. And in order to take territory that I am giving you, you have to be able to dig wells. 
You have to be able to dig a well. A well in, in, a well in Old Testament times wasn't just, uh, wasn't just a place to get water. It was a statement or it was, it was a claim on the territory. So if I came into a land and I dug a well, I was making a claim on that. It, it, it's, um, this is a really silly analogy, but uh, you know, when, we were, when we were young, there were certain things as kids or like as teenagers we did that were sacred. They were the unspoken sacreds. And this is in America, maybe it's over here. But one of them was, if you call shotgun. So when you're in high school, there's a few things. This is the unbroken, everybody honors it. It's sacred. And you can't yell it in, and for us, you can't yell it inside. But the minute you walk outside and you're in view of the car, Whoever yells shotgun has claimed the front seat, has claimed the right side, by the way, has claimed, has claimed the front seat that is theirs. It's, it's indisputable. You can't argue with it. It's just ironclad. Or, or same thing for us when we would play video games and we would come and put a quarter. You guys do that over here, maybe. You, you'd come and put a quarter on the video game saying that we've got next game. All right, this American. So... But, but in the same way, this is, what, this is what a well would do. When I dug a well, it is a statement that I am making a claim on this land. This is why the Philistines would fill up the well. I mean, this is in an arid land. This is a desert that they're in. And these guys are, are filling up a massive resource. But they would rather, they would rather waste that resource than allow Isaac to claim that land with that well. So, so wells are that thing. It's, it's not just the ability. It, it's that thing that says, God is calling me to new territory, but if I'm going to take that territory, I have to be able to dig a well. I have to be able to dig a well. And pioneers dig wells. This is what we do. We dig wells. And in your own life, it's not just... It's not just that the Lord's calling this church into new territory. God's calling you personally into new territory. What, what is the territory that God is moving you towards? What is it? What is the territory that you don't yet have? What is the territory that you haven't yet claimed? What is the territory that you don't yet occupy in your life? Something that God has called you to in your personal life, in your, in your ministry, in your calling. What is it that you're moving towards and that the Lord's taking you to that he wants you to occupy? But I'm telling you, God is moving this church towards some stuff. And he is looking for this church to occupy territory that it has not occupied yet. But it is going to take a pioneer spirit. Let me give you three quick things about this because in... in I'll, I'll be quick on this. But kingdom pioneers, they have to be able to dig wells. And, and here's, here's three quick things about kingdom pioneers. The first one is this, that pioneers and that Isaac, before he dug a well, first had to steward the wells that had already been dug. This is one of those things that at the 30-year mark, what's amazing about it is it's a time to celebrate and honor those who have actually laid the groundwork for where we are. But not just to celebrate and honor them, but to make sure that what they established, we are stewarding well. 
whether that's Phil's parents, whether that's John Wimber and the Vineyard Movement, that, that what we drank from to get where we are, what we receive from to be established, are we stewarding that? And is that still alive and well? It may look different, it may be expressed differently, but is that well still there? And this is, pioneers, they, they're going to take new territory, but they also know how to steward and honor those who have come before. We, there is no way, even Jesus culture, I, I, am, I am completely understanding that the territory I live in, somebody else fought for. Somebody else sowed tears. Somebody else pressed in for breakthrough. Somebody else got revelation. And because of their breakthrough, because of their tears, because of their sacrifice, because of their revelation, I get to live in a territory that I didn't have to fight for. I recognize that. I honor that. I'm grateful for that. I will steward that well. But God hasn't called me just to stay here. He's called me to take territory. He didn't, he didn't call Isaac just to stay where his father was. He said, I need to reaffirm the covenant I've given with your father, but I also need to know you have your own covenant and you have your own territory that you're called to take. But if you're going to take it, you have to be able to make sure that your father's wells are good, but then you have to learn how to dig your own well. You have to learn how to dig your own well. It's amazing to me how many people don't understand the sacrifice or the rolling up the sleeves, getting dirty work it takes to go after the things that God has called us to. Pioneers understand this concept that growth happens from sacrifice. There is no growth apart from sacrifice. Let me read this verse to you. You can go back and read it later if you want, but in John chapter 12, 24, it says this. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Growth requires sacrifice. If there is no sacrifice, then it stays a single seed. If there is sacrifice, growth and multiplication happens. They have, um, I, I think I've probably shared this before, but, but I'm always amazed at how people can be so excited about vision. God gave me a mandate. He showed me territory he wants to give me, but not understanding that between the vision and the mandate and the fulfillment and the occupation, there's something called work. There's something called sacrifice. <laughs> there's something called digging holes and, and, and laying foundations. There, there's work involved in this thing. There's sacrifice involved. And while people complain about sacrifice, this is what I want to encourage you with as a pioneer. And wh whatever that may be in your life. So some of you, God has given you a, you may be a first generation Christian. You may be a first generation healthy functional Christian. Uh, what I mean by that is you may come from a dysfunctional, broken family and you have a vision and you have a passion to become healthy, 
to become whole, to, to, to not get a divorce like five generations back have. And, and, and you have a vision for that. There's work involved in that. There's sacrifice involved in that. It, it just doesn't come about like, and, and, and we can either be frustrated with that or we can understand the great privilege that's been given us. Pioneers understand the privilege it is to dig a hole, plant a seed, so those coming behind me can eat fruit. Uh, pioneers understand the great privilege it is to get freedom in my life so that my sons can walk in freedom. Because maybe, maybe my dad didn't get the freedom. And so I'm going to be the first one in, in my generation. I'm going to be the first one in my family line to get freedom. And, and I can complain about the struggle of that. I can complain about the sacrifice of that. Or I can understand what a great privilege and honor it is to be the first one. What a great privilege and honor it is that I get to sacrifice, that I get to press in for breakthrough, that I get to walk through the struggle. This is Isaac, that there was struggle involved in this. He's digging multiple wells that he names contention, opposition, fighting, quarreling, arguing. This is what he's naming these things. And he can complain about this process or he can understand that my dad took territory, but I don't want to just be a settler. I want to be a pioneer as well. And I can complain about it or I can understand the great privilege in it. I have this thing for me, the understanding of what an honor it is to hack through a jungle and create a path in the midst of mosquitoes and sleepless nights and sweat, in the midst of all of that, what a great privilege it is to make a path so that those that are coming behind me don't have to hack through this same jungle. It's, it's an honor. It's an honor to be able to plant that seed. You guys, you're going to get a building. You're going to get a building. You're going to get into this thing. It's going to take sacrifice. There's just no getting around it. You're, if this is your family, if this is your family, then pioneers just understand we are going to have to sacrifice in order to get into something. God has a building for us as part of the next season that we're going into. It just will require sacrifice. There's no getting around it. I'm just telling you, new territory is not taken apart from sacrifice. And there are many people that don't understand the great honor of that sacrifice. What an honor it is that I get to give. What an honor it is that I get to sacrifice finances so that those coming behind me don't have to. Or so that they can sacrifice to take their own territory. I don't, I don't want my sons and daughters to have to take the territory that God called me to take. I want them to take the territory God's called them to take. I better take, but, but I better take my territory so they don't have to take my territory and their territory. Everybody with me on this? And I want to set them up. So you'll get into a building, but pioneers have to understand the new season that you're coming into, it is going to require pioneers and pioneers just understand. We take care of and honor the past, but we also understand that there's going to be sacrifice involved and there's great privilege and honor in that. What an honor that we get to be the ones 
that after 30 years, get this, get this church into a building. What a great honor that is. What a great honor that is. And they understand that. And here's the last thing, and we'll, we'll end with this. Pioneers understand that, that we've got to steward the past. We've got to take care of what, uh, what was given to our fathers. We've got to be willing to sacrifice and understand that there is work involved. There is sacrifice involved. And I want to say this again to you. Some of you, you, you come from generations of unhealthy marriages. And you've committed in your heart. God has spoken to you about a territory that's called healthy marriage. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to get there. And it's frustrating and at times it feels easier just to give up on it. But you've got to just get this thing in your heart that just says what an honor it is to establish in this family line healthy marriage. So that all those that are coming behind me are going to be able to live in territory that I was able to fight for. That I was able to dig a hole and plant a seed that, that, that the generations before me didn't do. It's an honor. The fight, the sacrifice, the struggle, it's an honor. But the other thing is this, is, is that pioneers dig wells of faith and perseverance. Where God's taking you is going to require faith, and it's going to require perseverance. This is... Uh, it's, it's amazing to me how we know that we can't, apart from faith, we can't accomplish what God's called us to. You just can't. Apart from faith, you cannot get where you're supposed to. You can't get where God's trying to take you. And we love sermons on trust. We love sermons on faith. We just hate being in positions where faith is required. It's like I love, I love sermons on trust. I just hate when I'm in a position where trust is actually required from me. Is everybody with me on that? And so, so there's, there's just something that understands the wells that I'm digging are wells of faith. And all of, the, all of the struggle that I've gone through of trying to dig wells and it not quite working out is simply the Lord trying to strengthen my faith to be able to claim the territory that he wants to give me. God wants to give me territory, but I have to be able to dig a well to claim it. And in order to dig that well to claim it, I have to be able to, to walk in faith. And, and the whole journey that he's had me on has gotten me to this point where I am strong enough to be able to dig a well and claim territory so that the next generation coming doesn't have to. This is, I, I, I feel a great honor than this. As a 43-year-old, I feel a great honor that we get to be a part of pioneering things so that the next generation doesn't have to pioneer this. It's, it's, it's Abraham's pioneering, leaving their land and, 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 get, and find. And then it's Isaac's doing the same thing. And it's Jacob wrestling with the Lord. It's, it's that path that gets the body of Christ where it's supposed to go so that we can see the territory that he wants to give us. Are you with me on this? And so here's my quick challenge to you. God is bringing this church into a new season. The 30-year mark is not just, a, it's not just a cute little thing that's like, hey, we made it 30 years. I'm telling you there's a season shift that's come on the church. 
There's a season shift. And, and, and I, I'm telling you, there's a season shift that's happening in your life. But that season shift, just recognize that if it's, if it's wintertime, I'm in a coat. If it's summertime, I'm in a tank top. Understand that this season is a season of pioneers. That the season shift is going to require people to say yes to a life of being a pioneer. And that, and that we don't apologize for calling people to sacrifice. Because we're pioneers. <laughs> we're pioneers. We're hacking a path through the jungle. And we're doing that intentionally and we're doing that with great, a great privilege and an honor in our heart for it. And we understand that it's going to require faith out of us. It's going to stretch us. It's going to challenge us. There's going to be opposition involved in it. But faith is going to be re the result of our journey. And it's going to help us dig wells that actually claim territory. Are you with me? Yes. Stand up. Let me pray for you. Then I'm going to have Phil come up. I feel like many of you are just sitting there feeling sad for me that I've never had a mince pie. So I feel like the whole time you're just feeling sorry for me. It just doesn't sound that good. Am I allowed to say that before I pray? It doesn't sound good. It sounds like not very good. Okay. Father, we, we just declare, I just pray over some of you individually that you don't realize it, but God's called you to be a pioneer. You've been frustrated in the season that you're in. You've been confused in the season that you're in because you don't understand the season you're in is about pioneering. You're frustrated with opposition, not knowing that God is strengthening your faith so that you can actually dig a well in the territory God's given you. And so I just want to encourage you. And if you're one of those that say, I'm a first generation this, or I, God's called me to take territory in this area, or he's called me to have faith in this area, that, that God would encourage you in that process, that you would just understand this thing. It is a great privilege and an honor. And God, we are here today celebrating, thanking, honoring the wells that have been dug before the last 30 years, but with a fire in our hearts that says, God, it is the next 30 years that you have called us to take territory, that you've called us to be in buildings and you've called us to reach cities and you've called us to sacrifice and to dig our own wells. We don't want to be a church that just relies on the wells that have already been dug for us, the finances that have already been given, the prayers that have already been sown, the faith that's already been activated. We want to step into our own sacrifice. We want, we want to sacrifice our own finances and we want to pray our own prayers and we want to sow our own seeds and we want to walk in our own faith. And may we never be a church that settles for just maintaining what our fathers were given, but that we would take what, they've, take what they've been given and that we would take our own territory as well. And so, Lord, we just thank you for the new season that's on Vine Life and the territory that you're giving them. We, I just say today, God, thank you that there is a building that you have given this church. That you have given this church a place to call home. And Father, we just declare that you're going to bring in the finances for it, that you're going to begin to increase. 
I said this to our church, and I believe this for you guys, that there's going to be an increase, unexpected increase in your own finances. Raises you weren't expecting, bonuses you weren't expecting, inheritances you didn't even know about, settlements from insurance from years ago. There's going to be things that are beginning to come in, and God is bringing finances into your house to to help build this house unexpected things. And so, Father, we thank you that you are bringing finances for this in the name of Jesus. Amen?